This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the boys have leveled up, and it's time for them to continue their exploration, and I have a feeling this time they're going to get their hands dirty. So I want to talk a little bit about last week. So last week was, well, a little strange. They managed to level up without a single fight. They went from level 5 to level 6 to level 7. No fighting through all of level 6, which is not unheard of. I've done this a few times in my life, not often, but every so often, people will go through an entire level without a single fight and level up just through role-playing. Now, how is that possible? Simple. I gave them XP for everything they would have fought in the Copperhand Guild, but instead of getting XP for defeating it through combat, they just got XP for defeating it through role-playing, which was 1,000 XP. So, voila, they managed to go from level 5 to level 7 overnight. Now, one question is... Do people get upset, people being PCs, by leveling up without combat? And my experience is no. I have not done this a lot, but I have never seen anyone ever complain, even once, about leveling up through role-playing without combat. Yeah, they didn't get to try out any of their cool level 6 abilities, but I think leveling up through role-playing is kind of a badge of honor, something that you can tell people about that you did, and that you're able to like pacify an entire guild and take them down with just talking and no fighting. So that's pretty cool. Something else I want to talk about is the after-talk. I kept some of that in. If you are Patreon and you listen to us, you'll be able to hear these all the time. But after a session, we just sort of talk about the session, and we talk about larger things like level design or game design or how it was set up, things like that. And this was a kind of a strange level. Like, if you look at it in the adventure, the map is really small. Like, really, really small. So small that a lot of these large monsters didn't even fit. Like, those oozes... They were in a room that couldn't even contain them. The room was too small to contain the oozes. I guess if you go 3D and you stack them on top of each other, they would fit. But the actual rooms were too small. And this is not uncommon, especially for pre-written adventures. I won't go into the reasons why this happens, but this does happen. Now, there's a couple ways to take care of this. First of all, one very simple trick, which I've done in the past, is you just make all the squares bigger. What that means is, like, if the hallway is 5 feet, make it 10 feet. If each square on the map represents 5 feet, instead make each square represent 10 feet. So, voila, all the rooms get bigger, all the hallways get bigger, and suddenly you can fit everything in the map. There are downsides for doing this. Obviously, you got to redo the whole map. Maybe you have too much room. Things get kind of weird because all the doors get gigantic, things like that. Anyhow, don't worry about it too much. Don't overthink it. It's sometimes better just to have more space. The other thing, which is what I was probably going to do, is I was going to actually have all the monsters come to the PCs. If they started a fight, 
say like on the second floor, what I was going to do is have them fight on the second floor and then just have waves of monsters come at them. That actually is very helpful because if you do waves of monsters, the PCs can kind of set up a kill box and although they have bleeding encounters, it gives them a little bit of a respite because they can see the monsters coming, they can sort of set up, and they have sort of an initiative on top of the monsters so they can do a little bit more damage. I've done this a lot, it actually works really well. So that was the other thing I was going to do. However, everything you heard last week really lent this encounter to a peaceful resolution. Because this copper hand, if you put yourself in their mindset, which is what I did, is that they were in a lot of trouble. They just lost a ton of members. They're working with this death cult, which they completely don't trust. And all they really want is money. They're called the copper hand. They want coppers. They want gold. They want to make some money, leave town, and start a new life. That was their main goal. And in fact, by doing this peaceful resolution, I was able to do my favorite thing in the world, and that is deliver exposition within the game itself. The number one thing that any GM will tell you that drives us GMs crazy is that, especially with pre-written adventures, there can be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pages of content and backstory written inside the adventure, where it's really cool stuff that goes through the backgrounds and the motivations of everyone. And it's very rare that I'm able to get this information out for anyone to see or know about because you go in and kill everything and it's hard to get that information out. So this was a great time for me to actually have the leader of the gang, plus Gomez had some experience with these gang members with his past of like, yeah, these guys don't want to really deal with these people. These skin saws are nuts. And in fact, they sort of got into league with them and they're now in over their heads and they just want nothing to do with them. They want to get out and everyone wins. And this is a fun way to do an encounter like this. You do not have to have fighting all the time, especially with intelligent creatures. Like here's these gang members who are really kind of almost like a fraternity of guys who, yeah, they break the law, but all they're really doing is hanging out and gambling, and yeah, they're bad guys, but they're not super bad guys. They're not death cult bad guys. They're just kind of bad guys. So humanize them, you know, see it from their point of view. These guys have their own goals, their own fears. They wanted to make money and leave. They didn't want to get involved with death cults. They were, they were done with all of that. So when they see some new initiatives who want to join them, especially after what they just went through, sure, why not? Especially if they bring all that gold. So if you ever put in this situation as a GM where it looks like there's a possible peaceful resolution for something, you know what? Let them do it. Let the PCs do it, especially if they're into it. In this case, they were definitely into it. They were having a lot of fun and it's more memorable. You know, people will kill monsters left and right. And yeah, there's some memorable fights. But this is something they're never going to forget. They're never going to forget infiltrating a copper hand, peacefully negotiating with them, getting out scot-free, and leveling up their characters. They will never forget about that. Trust me. One more thing I do want to mention is that in this week's episode, there is some shopping in the episode. I know a lot of people like to hear this. I used to cut it out, but people told me that they really want to hear it. So if you're one of those people who say, eh, I don't want to hear shopping, there's about 16 minutes of shopping. So once the shopping starts, just skip it 
at the very end i do a recap so just go in about 16 minutes and then you can just get the recap you can hear everything they bought and then the adventure picks up it's not that long whenever i do shopping i try to keep it between 10 and 20 minutes and that's it so that way you're not super bored but those of you who are interested to hear what they're going to be buying and the reasons why they're buying it and in this case it's actually kind of interesting the whole discussion they have i kept it in so there you go anyhow with that let's get to show notes so this week's show notes hey guess what i'm going to talk about rpg superstar and the battle zoo beastary and guess what it's done that's right by the time you're listening to this the book should be off to china getting printed and that's it the book is done i can't believe it it's one of those things like you work so hard on something for so long you don't expect it to ever end and then one day it's just over and it ended well, it's not completely over yet. Now, actually, the book has to get printed, and I got to get it out there and then get it to people. But here's the deal. So here's the deal. The book is done. It's 172 pages. It's the exact same size as a regular Pathfinder or Starfinder hardcover book. It's being printed by the exact same people who do Starfinder and Pathfinder books. And it turns out they actually do a huge number of role-playing books in general. So any one of these role-playing books, if you notice, they all kind of look and feel exactly the same. There's a reason because there's only a couple of plants and the one I'm using is one of the ones that many other people use as well. So the book is going to come out top notch quality. As for pre-ordering it, I will allow people to pre-order it on the Roll for Combat website in the near future. I'm still setting that up, but look for that in a week or so and I will put out information of how you can do that. Are there going to be two options? Can you get it as a PDF? The option is yes, you can get it as a hardcover book or you can get it as a PDF, or you can get it as both. Just like any Paizo product, or any role-playing product really nowadays, of course you can get it both as a PDF and a hardcover book. I will tell you though, that we are going all out on the hardcover book, so if you do get the book, I promise you it's gonna be a really, really high quality. We're using amazingly thick paper, like way higher quality than even Pathfinder uses. And we're using, well, you'll see, it's all super top-notch, like ridiculously over-the-top top-notch. And as for the artwork, artwork is fantastic. I'm using a lot of artists from Paizo, but I found a few of my own, which I actually think are even better than some of the Paizo artists. A few of them are ridiculous in how good they are. And wait until you see the artwork in this book. And then there's other aspects, such as t-shirts. So that's right. Everyone who won the contest will get a free t-shirt of their monster. So over the summer, while the book is being printed, I'm going to set that up because that's going to take a while. There's over 100 monsters in this book, so it's going to take me a while to set up 100 t-shirts, but I will have those all set up, and we will set up a process for you to get your t-shirts. Also, other people can just buy any of these t-shirts. We'll have t-shirts for every monster in the book, so you'll be able to get those no problem. There'll be other t-shirts you can order as well, and you'll hear about that more in the near future. As for the final pricing and things like that, I don't have that just yet, but it's going to be comparable to something you would get from Paizo, so it's going to be around the same price. And as for where else can you buy it, it's going to be coming out approximately in the end of September. That's when it should be in, quote, stores. And we're going to be definitely selling it on Amazon, and I'm definitely going to allow pre-orders, and I'm going to probably bring a few copies to Gen Con. So, if anyone is interested in having a copy and buying it at Gen Con from me, let me know in the Roll for Combat Discord, and of course I will let you pre-order it as well once we have that set up. I don't have actually a booth at Gen Con, but I'm expecting to have some talks, 
So you can do it there or you can meet me. I'm not that hard to find and I might be talking to some booths I'm gonna see. Originally I was gonna sell it at the Paizo booth, but there's no Paizo booth this year. So I'm gonna see if I can coordinate and work with some other booths so maybe I can sell it through their booth instead. I'm still figuring that all out. So give me some time, that's still three months away so we have some time to do that. Anyhow, I don't wanna to ramble too much, but if you have any other questions, just feel free to ask me in the Roll for Combat Discord and RPG Superstar section. Just go there, ask me questions. I will freely answer it. But basically, here's the recap. Book is coming out at the end of September. You'll be able to buy it, both hardcover and PDF. You'll be able to get it through Roll for Combat website or through Amazon, as well as through some other places. If you want to pick it up at Gen Con, there will be an option to do that. And the t-shirts and other extra items about the book will be coming out in the next couple of months, so you'll be able to check that out. Whew, that was a lot of information. Next up, do check out the Discord channel. I forgot to mention, because I haven't done this in a while, if you get to level 10 on the Discord channel, which just means you post a lot, you get a free t-shirt. That's right, we still do it. People keep asking, do we still do it? And the answer is yes, we still do it. So just go to discord.rollforcombat.com and you too can play games and talk to us and chat and have fun and get free t-shirts if you post a lot. And also do check out the Patreon for five bucks. You can actually watch us play. You get the episodes early. You get some extra information about the Battle Zoo Bestiary before anyone else. There's a lot of cool things going on. And very soon we're going to be playing three games at once. We're going to be playing Malevolence. We're going to be playing Three Ring Adventure. And we're going to be playing Ages of Edgewatch all at the same time. I'm going to have a very busy summer. So you can watch us and talk with us and chat with us while we play live every week. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you managed to take down the Copperhand Gang by the age-old art of diplomacy. You managed to bring them to their knees and bring them in without firing a single shot. All you had to do was talk. A little bit of silver tongue, and next thing you know, not only did you completely successfully tidy up the copper hand, find out where the real bad guys are, this cult, you also managed to level up. You went from level 6 to level 7 without, I don't even think you fought. Did you ever fight at level 6? Maybe once or twice. But you got all of your experience through pure diplomacy and negotiation, which makes me believe maybe you guys really can roleplay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're secretly role players and not just kicking the door types. Well, Seth can. I don't know about the rest of us. <laughs> Jason McDonald is playing Basil Blackfeather, a Tengu empiricist investigator. That's right. Seth and Gomez, they did all the talking. You guys were just there nodding along. You were like auditing the course. You were like you're like the students who are just there falling asleep. And then you all copied off of Seth's test. We did the much. drinking and gambling. We did yeah. the other right. the other part. Yeah. That's right. We, we we played the dangerous drinking games. John Stats is playing Cadet Dougie McDougal, a human ruffian rogue. That's right. You guys do all that. But if it wasn't for Gomez, oh man, that could have been a slugfest. That was a nasty, nasty place. That would have been terrible to fight through. Those itty bitty teeny tiny corridors were nothing but line fight. Ugh, it just, 
Horrible. Horrible. Oh, the, oh, the dungeon was what convinced me that this was not a uh, drag out fight. Just rooms that were 10 foot by 10 foot, you know? I mean, it, it, it is not a good place to uh, fight. Fighting in like a cubicle farm, basically. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only that, they definitely made some mistakes when they designed it because there are half the monsters don't even fit in the dungeon. Because there's several monsters that were size large, I don't know what would have happened because they don't. There's no room for them, so they would have been having to like, I don't know, go on the ceiling or something. It was going to be a disaster. Did the building even have a loading dock to bring them into the? Oh, building? this thing was way out of code. In fact, this thing, every OSHA regulation is completely violated. That place, that this, it needs to be torn down. Just torn down, raised, and start over. Definitely not a safe. That's an idea. Paper Ninja points out perhaps the building was built around the monsters already there. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, the monsters came with the building. It's like when you get a, a a house with a ghost. It's like yeah, the ghost comes with the building. Here, the monsters come with the building. No basilisks, no oozes, no were tigers. None of that. A wear tiger. That's gonna add at least twenty, thirty thousand to the listing price. <laughs> it, it's it's the old Absalom dream. Uh, two wear tigers in every garage. So you go to sleep, wake up, level five. I mean level seven. Level what? seven. How, what? How did you level become five? level seven? How did you become level seven? Well, for a second there, I thought wouldn't it be funny if you went down a level and that instead of up a level. But nope, you went up. Level seven, big level. Big level. But before we go through what happens with level seven, there's a couple of loose ends. First of all, you probably want to go see Captain Meliptra because he was the very nice captain at Utterhome of the Sleepless Sons who let you go and take care of this for him. But he wanted to get a little bit of uh, the recognition for bringing them down. So what do you do? Well, we, at the very least, we'll take the uh, hostage that they gave us, and perhaps the coin. And that's right. Take that to Captain Liptra, Liptra, and explain the situation, and say, "Look, we agreed to cut a deal with them to fight the bigger enemy, which is the creepy death cult, and in return, perhaps, perhaps going easy on them on some of the other crimes they've been committing, and to kind of give them time to." get their affairs in order and get out of Dodge. And in return for doing that, we rescued a hostage and we got back some of the money they stole, which since you were looking to make some headlines and show some results against them, we figured we would let you take credit for those things. Obviously that would be holding back the 200 that we got to repay to our captain. Sure. So speed this up. We'll say that you go over there and what do you know? There you are on the map. And there is Meliptra. And he, once again, is excited. He's like, oh, you, you did it so quickly, so quickly. You are as good as your reputation. I didn't see anything in the papers, so I guess you did this all in the hush-hush. Didn't want the big press, big splash. Kind of a shame I was hoping for that, because it really would help with our budget for next year, but... That's okay, that's okay. At least you managed to take out the copper hands, make the city a little bit safer, make my district a little bit safer. So for that, I, I thank you. 
very, very good. And I will uphold my half of the bargain. And if anyone wishes to learn the Jalmari Hebensika way of the fist and the foot, I will be happy to teach you in my off hours. Lomang raises his head. Yes, I am very interested in that. Chris Beamer is playing Lomang, an orc tiefling monk of the crane style. Ah, I was hoping, learner. I was hoping. Your your crane stance is strong, but my heaven seeker is stronger. And the fusion of both will be even more powerful. <laughs> Just a little bit of a flurry. And as he's doing it, you're seeing electricity literally coming off of his hands. You see his hands glowing like Perry Gordon's The Last Dragon, where he's actually <laughs> glowing with powerful fists. And you know that you can't do that. I yet. can't. Not yet. Not I'll, yet. Learn the, I'll learn the way. I must Basil be. kind of shrugs and casts his ancestral ability of the uh, electric arc. <laughs> like, I, <can> <laughs> yeah. I do not refer him to my character art. Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. Oh. <laughs> this character art is literally him walking around as a human taser. But, hey, this guy, Lomang, he's a half-orc. Or orc, or tiefling, or whatever the heck I'm you an are. Orc tiefling. Orc full, tiefling. Full orc. You know what? Let, let him have his fun. Let him think he's going to get something really special out of this. Well, you guys are like... <laughs> Electricity. We were born with that. Shiny and sparkly. The the orc with a golden arm is what That's he's right. Oh, that is. <laughs> the, you, you know, you know, you know the name Lo Mang. You know where that comes from. Uh, Lo Mang is the actor's name who plays the kid with the golden arm. Oh, oh my god! Nice. That's person. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. perfect. Wow. Well, you By really the are the or- orc with the golden arm. Yes. <laughs> well, if you want, I will help you and have your arm cut off, and then you can replace it with a golden arm. And and I we can like uh, hook this. Too. <laughs> we can hook the captain up with some uh, good PR. We do have that journalist. That we are giving exclusives to, are we not? Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, that's so true. we can actually, you know, connect A to C in this manner and uh, help him <laughs> out with his budget. Good old Dougie. A to C. That's right. Okay, we will connect one to D. You got it. <laughs> um... The B is silent. <laughs> yeah, the B we pass up. Anyone could do A to B. I mean, oh, that's right. It's like the holy hand grenade. Five is right off. Okay. That's right. <laughs> he is totally up for that. He is like very excited and he talks to Lomang. You figure out your schedule of when and where to do the training. And he's very excited to teach you and expound upon the ways of the Heaven Seeker. Heaven so Seeker you, dedication, which is like right. a, it's like multi-classing. Like that, I guess that's yes. class, right? Yes. Or... The archetype is basically the method to multi-class in this. And um, I think half of you, most of you already have an archetype. I mean, Basil does. He has the wizard archetype. That's how he's getting them spells off. So Some of us have a new archetype. Oh. This Jamali uh, Dalmeri Heaven Seeker, it gives me more key power. Like, I already had some key power. That's right. More. Now you got and two. It, it gives me another K-E-Y. ability. K-E-Y. K-I. You'll see K-I. it. You'll ah, see my new ability yeah, yeah. maybe in action. 
key and, power. Uh, I'm also yes. now trained. I'll be trained in occultism now. That's right. You're going to learn the mysterious ways of the cult. cult. Do we have that covered already, or no? I think I, I'm pretty good at occultism. I'm, right. I'm I'm kind of a skills monkey, so I'm good at a lot of things. Just it, just not the various physical ones, like you know, acrobatics and athletics. Also, intimidate. I'm not very good at intimidate. Are you master in a cult? No, not at all. It's I'm just not a, a master. I'm just trained now also, yeah. So at least okay. it's just another source of that. So. so you go back to the headquarters, and you meet with the sergeant. And he looks at you and he says, Well, fellas, I got some, uh, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is uh, that lead you had against the Skinner and the Ascendant Court, it turns out that those leads are pretty good. The bad news is that the Grey Cloaks, they run that court, that district, and they want to uh, they want to do it themselves. They want to take in the collar. So, unfortunately, you're going to have to uh, slum with us over here, back in the Edge Watch, and just do your normal routines and duty right now until we find out more. But right now, the Grey Cloaks are going to uh, take it on and see how it goes, but... But good work. You did a great job. We have a cult to hunt down and hopefully eradicate. Obviously, you did a really good job. We got to clean up their mess. Is that what we have to do? You did a really good job in the foreign quarter. Meliptra said you did a fantastic job. They're happy. We're happy. So I guess just, uh, well, I guess you have a little bit of time off, uh, I don't have you running around, don't have any new mysteries to solve, so uh, enjoy the festival and just doing your rounds. But any Captain, questions? Captain, yes. how will we become level 8 by tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is amazing how quickly you are <laughs> rising through the ranks. It seems like just yesterday you were green-faced rookies. And now you're not rookies. Probably the highest ranked. For that. <laughs> Probably one of the higher ranked in the entire department. That's insane. Yeah, well, <laughs> for that, you get to uh, patrol the uh, docks and uh, hang out with uh, the food stand. So um, right. good luck with that. There's and much then, retraining. Yes, anyway. but, but, but yes, every, every cloud is a silver lining. Now you have the time and effort to retrain your characters, because I know many of you wanted to do that, and you need at least a week. So I'm sure you'll have plenty of time to retrain, make your characters better, stronger, faster, get rid of those crappy feats that you took thinking you might use them. In reality, you never used them even once. I'm looking at you, Basil and Dougie and oh, Lomang. Yeah. Not Gomez. Gomez uses everything. So, um, yes. So let's do the, um, the 80s montage of you like training like rocky was it like uh rocky you're the four? best around yeah it's no, like rocky no, four yeah. so you got you got like rocky training in the woods and you got uh draco was drago training with the, <laughs> all the high-tech russian equipment i'm so, a rush. steroid <laughs> yeah that's right so who, who is doing what who wants to go first and tell me all about their new improved amazing level seven characters that have new abilities and feats and such. Well, I'll, I'll finish up because I sort of started already. So that's what I did. I'm, I'm training uh, heavily in the uh, Jalmeri 
Heaven Seeker dedication. I, I, I sort of am, am leaving something else to the side, which may come back as a feat that I switched, but it is a Sky and Heaven martial art, and it's, it involves key, which I already had key, so I'm, I'm just I'm adding to that, and I will be able to do a key rush, which you'll see, maybe, and it leads to bigger and better things, which is quite nice. I'm also able to do more jumping. Not that I jump a lot, but I can do more interesting jumps. I'm going to fly, basically, and uh, be able to do these high jumps and jump off walls and stuff like that. So that is what Lomang is doing, practicing for this whole week. I've heard of a horse fly. I've heard of a dragon fly. I've never heard of an orc fly. But you have heard of a devil fly, so... What about uh, Dougie? I yeah. know Dougie. Dougie I loves mean, that ball, but Dougie has decided it's weird. It might be time. Might well, be man, time. it sounds like you're, you 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 took exactly what Dougie took. <laughs> yeah, I took a lot of uh, jump stuff as well. I ju- I'm jumping off walls. I'm doing quick jumps, powerful leaps. Dougie retrained his well his focus. He is now. He took a fighter technique called double slice he's now wielding two weapons nice one of dougie's friends is a math nerd and he was telling dougie that in the long run he is doing not as much damage as he could dougie doesn't quite understand but he is switching away from the mall he's moving his runes he's taking advantage of the uh cold the cold iron cold island rapier let's see long sword that he had yeah, it, it, well, he's he's put his shifting room onto it, and he's create and he's turning that into a rapier. So he's taking advantage of finesse weapons, and let's see, he's also got a uh, main gouache that is his other. It's like a, a small dagger, and he's going to be. Those are his two weapons because he's going to attack twice in each round without incurring in a a, a penalty. But if People are in melee. He gets much, much, much more powerful if he can find somebody who is uh, flat flanked. So, yeah, flanked is uh, very, very important to Dougie, or he's not going to be doing as much. You better talk to me about that. I like to run away a lot. Yeah. Well, actually, that shared stratagem I took at level six and haven't had a chance to use yet means that I can give you flanking or give you flat footed. That's insanely stratagem. Oh my god, that is insanely good. I I don't even. So I don't, I don't know if you plan that or not, but that's gonna work really. That's actually well. overpowered if you have that. That is so good. Yeah, I don't even have to be standing there. I can just tell you. Oh what my god. I can tell you what weakness I saw, and you oh. can use it, and you can use it. You can't even imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell Dougie feed him because if you do that, then I, he will be doing more damage than Mole Dougie. So he's not carrying around the ridiculous Mole anymore. He's he's more. I'm gonna kind of miss them all though. I have to. Yeah, admit. it's it's this one's there, there. There's a lot more. There's cooler cooler things he can be doing. It's gonna be closer to uh, Lomang's uh, key strike where he's you know doing all these crazy stuff. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But oh, if he gets flat footed, forget it. Also for Dougie, when you go first round, because you are a rogue, you get flat footed. The enemies are flat footed to you. For the first round, so if you go before them, yeah. you get sneak attack. Right, so and I do mind. have. I think what is my uh, initiative mod- modifier? I think it's like plus you get a 19. plus two. You get a well, you get a plus two to your 
perception already. So right. anything you use, so it's plus seventeen uh, for uh, initiative, should be. Yes, you have a plus seventeen to initiative. So your initiative is pretty massive. So you should <sighs> yeah. be near the top from now on. So. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, Dougie's. He, he got a lot of jumping. Oh God, it's going to be the Mario Brothers here. Yeah, <laughs> no, like it's Low Mang it's and Dougie. Be really weird. Because I saw, uh, I, I will say, uh, Lo Mang pulled out some moves that Dougie envied. He really did envy them. <laughs> yep. So I, I am uh, following on your lead. What about Basil? Basil also, I think, has gone the way of the retrain. I did do a retrain. Well, I, I kind of just, my retrain's more modest. I kind of realized that I sort of had an uh, overreaction and that this whole snare crafting idea wasn't really going to do me that much good. Because how often are we going to be defending a position? So, and, and I didn't even use it when we were, def- were staking out the bank. So, I trained out of that and trained into Streetwise, which lets me use my society skill, which is like plus 14 or plus 15, to gather information. So, that was my retrain. Then my new level 7 abilities. I took Fleet as a general feat, which has given me a plus 5 base movement speed. As my skill that I chose for mastery, I took mastery in medicine. So now I'm a master of medicine. And I kind of loaded up on the healing stuff. I went for advanced first aid, which means I can now cure some statuses as well. But with like frightened and frightened and sickened are the ones that specifically I can cure. Also, just noting that with uh, if my uh, the assurance on medicine that I took at level uh, level six. That means I can now automatically succeed on the DC 20 heal check. Wow, that's great. Which means 2d8 plus 10. And I even have a puncher's chance. I can, And since I'm a master in medicine, I can, I'm eligible to try the DC 30 check. But that's, I'd only, I'd have to hit like a roll at 16 on the die to make it though. So that one's a bit more risky, but I'm at least eligible for it. And last but not least, Gomez. Gomez, who's been awfully quiet what are you thinking gomez oh battle cry when i roll initiative i demoralize an, an observed foe as a free action so start a combat remember somebody is getting a demoralized check against them on the other side now i have a house rule that whenever you use battle cry i need to hear you do the battle cry not that you scream but you have to say something gomez would say like a pox on your mother! Or... Not at all. Not at all. I have it. Oh, he has it. He's all <laughs> ready. <laughs> nice. Of course. Show it, us, it, show it, us your barbaric yawp, Mister Anderson. Is show us your must, war cries and must be stop. You have violated the law. <laughs> nice. It's been a long time since I had a good brawl. That is the feety feet, but uh, fourth level spells. I have three slots. I will always have two slots. Why? Because I am a more powerful version of your healing badge now, personally. Oh. Uh, font, Vital Beacon. Every morning I wake up, I cast Vital Beacon. Then you, you touch me, 4d10 healing immediately. Then it goes down, and oh. then it goes down, and then it goes down. So some of, the, so like, some of this healing, you're going to have to go and get it. <laughs> I might be doing other things, you can go get it. The other thing, basically it's a lot of lawyers. The other thing I have is creation, which on top of all the feather tokens, I have every feather token known to man. I can also make any mundane thing out of vegetable items. Like, the, you know, like rope, 
wood. So we are never at a want for a ladder. We are never at a want for a battering ram. We are never at a want for any kind of mundane thing, provided I, I have the fourth level spell slot. And the final thing, you guys may be jumping like the flying Lewindas. You might be jumping <laughs> like, uh, uh, like the acrobats, like the kung fu stars that you are. I will make sure nobody stops you. Freedom of movement. Oh, oh, nice. what's that do? That, if you're bound up, it makes you unbound. It makes you unbound and immune to being unbound. If something's slowing you, you're no longer slowed. Something has grappled you, you're not grappled anymore. Oh, I like that. Any, oh, you're immobilized, you're paralyzed, none wow. of that, not anymore. I cast it on you. I actually can extend it because I have my extended thing. So if you're, if you're 30 feet of me and I have a spell slot, you're free to move. Yeah, the, you you will be free to move. Oh, that's the only really the good. only catch is uh, if it's a magical effect that's higher than fourth level, <laughs> then, then I can't do it. You know, I was a little worried about you guys because the next section's pretty rough. But after listening to you all, I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed. I think uh, I think I can take off the safeties and just go <laughs> go hog wild on you. Oh, no. Make sure you uh, are fully challenged. Are you disabling the holodeck pro- safety protocols? I am disabling <laughs> the holodeck safety protocols. I am taking off the leather sheaths on the weapons. I'm doing everything you can imagine to make sure that you have a challenge that will or will not kill you. I guess we'll find out. There is the new pixie ancestry that someone needs to try out with the battle corgi that's all i'm saying get ready to rest <laughs> I, I i actually have a have a dm question too too about yeah. the about the the sorcerer thing because yes. i get uh, elemental motion now yes. i i now i'm a hybrid right because because it's like i've been doing things getting all the stuff from the flot from the fire aspect but we've just been tweaking them and saying that they're earth just so i don't i just so for non-lethal damage now, my elemental motion depends on whether I get burrow or fly, depending on whether I'm earth or fire. Well, you said you were you said you were earth. So no, I, I said I was fire, but we're but for oh, you flavor, were fire. Yeah, no, yeah, but, you did because we made a rock storm. If you're fire, what, that, then that we'll is go... exactly what I just explained. Like that's oh, exactly okay. what I was talking about. Is because everything has to be non-lethal damage. We said, all right, well, we'll hand wave the fire that it does non-lethal damage. We'll say it's mud or earth or something. Wow. Right. So, well, if you're fire, then you're fire. Let's just say whatever. I'm, I'm, you are. I'm fire. It's fly. Okay, so, so I can, I, I, I can fly now. Wow. Well, then in that case, everything also goes on fire. So I'm with you. I'm with you, flying Lewendas. I'm, so I'm going to actually part of the say crew. you did retrain that you have been going back and forth between your fire and your mud. And you're like, seventh level, time to make up my mind. I'm going all in with fire. So oh, that's good. Oh, are. so I've learned the secret way to make my fire not uh, immolation that will kill people, but rather exhaust uh, them. Exhaust them exactly. So it's, a, it's so it's, it's like yeah. So I retrain. So I retrain my fire so I can do non-lethal damage. And so I it's would not like to point out the irony that the bird is the most earthbound creature here at this point. <laughs> Everyone else is jumping and flying, and the birds just, nope, just stay on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to jump up, jump up, and get down. You can can use your vestigial wings to not take falling damage, though. That's true. I do have pretty much permanent feather fall. So you guys are doing the training montage. Everyone's there, but then at the very end, 
you see Gomez, and Gomez just is sitting there. He's the one that is the thoughtful one in the training montage. All the other ones are like fighting, training, jumping, and you see one who's like going through books and scrolls and thinking deep thoughts, and then he's like, aha, and then flames come out of his hands, and he just shakes his head up and down going, yes, yes, and now he controls fire. So you explore the park, explore the festival, have many minor encounters, nothing to compare to what you've been doing up to date. And after a week of retraining, you get called in once again to your favorite sergeant and lieutenant. Do you show up? Of we course. go. We jump there. You saunter in, having all your new abilities. Dougie and Lomang are We're wall jumping, jumping and doing parkour. Parkour. Yeah. parkour. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty like, much exactly. <laughs> like parkour. <laughs> like Gomez is floating just a little bit off the ground just for fun. It's like that one episode of The Office. They like run into the office doing parkour moves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dougie, Basil is just shaking his head like, oh, God. What have I gotten myself into? And the Lieutenant Lavarius looks at you and says, well, 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 look at this. Those gray cloaks think they're so high and mighty. They went into the catacombs, and it sounds like um, they had a bit of a problem. This is all in the hush-hush. I'm not going to say anything, and you shouldn't be repeating this to anybody, but it sounds like they requested you. I wonder why. And he's got a little smirk on his face. He goes, So Red Squad... Go over to uh, the Stone Shield house and check in with the Great Cloak's leader, Captain Runewolf, and see what he wants. I have a feeling you're going to be hearing some begging. <laughs> Any questions? We can do begging. Not you. No, they're going to do begging. Oh. They're going to do the begging. <laughs> okay. Get a hold of yourself, Dougie. <laughs> There's no groveling here, it's Hudsucker. I mean an edge watch. <laughs> yeah, all the jumping has had to give it a bit of a bit of a head rush, I think. Yeah, we're remember the name this. Red Squad. <laughs> Alright, dismissed. We will not let you down. Sa And uh, he has definitely softened up to you over the last couple of uh weeks. As you, he, he's definitely much nicer to you. Thank you, Gomez. Gomez standing up for himself. Okay. So sick of a high hat. Before we go to the Grey Cloaks, Mr. Basil, you know all about the Grey Cloaks because you are a man of the town. Plus, you're from here, so you know everything. Do you want to fill everyone in what the deal is with the Grey Cloaks? I am willing to do some filling in. Okay, thank you. All the whole map is revealed to us? This is just the headquarters. Okay. Oh, these are the police. Okay. Yeah, you're going to the... Uh... They look like uh, thieves. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, Steve... Well, the gray cloaks, actually, that's what they look like. They actually... Because they wear these cloaks. They're kind of, like, hooded. They're uh, they're like... Yeah, you'll uh... see. They're, you'll hear the deal. Jason will go through it. Indeed, I shall. The gray cloaks. Their district is the Ascendant Court. Their headquarters is Stone Shield House. Captain Runewolf the Unbeliever is their leader. I'm assuming he is not a pixie. Doesn't sound like a pixie name. 
Although one of the most religiously tolerant cities on Galarian, Absalom still sees interfaith conflict that sometimes spills out onto its streets. Temples and cultural icons dominate the Ascendant Court, so the Grey Cloaks must often investigate property crimes like vandalism and theft. They're second only to the learned guard in their dedication to acquiring all the information they can before taking action, arranging elaborate sting operations to catch many criminals at once. The Grey Cloaks have a relatively flat organizational structure. All assignments are handled by the Captain Runewolf the Unbeliever or his immediate lieutenants. Grey Cloaks wear light grey wool cloaks over their standard Absalom watch uniforms, often eschewing insignias and epaulets to blend into the crowd. Membership in the Grey Cloaks requires denying the divine authority of all deities so as to hold the laws of, the Abs of Absalom above the mandate of any religion. Most watch members are highly irreligious. A rare few harbor religious faith in secret which they conceal to protect their jobs. The Grey Cloaks' public atheism ensures their impartial reputation in conflicts between believers. However, they're sometimes suspected of corruption by believers who assume they're easily bribed by worldly temptations. Grey Cloaks tend to get along well with the Learned Guard and Star Watch, but other guards review them as strange and unapproachable. So, with that, you head over to the Stone Shield House, where you have an appointment with Rune Wolf the Unbeliever. Sort of the opposite of the monkey song. So you walk in, and as I said before, this place is pretty well run. It's not nearly as hectic as the Edge Watch, but definitely more hectic than Sleepless Sons, who seem to have everything buttoned up. And you uh, meet up, with a ruined wolf, they know exactly who you are, and uh, you meet Mr. Rune Wolf. He is a towering man. Seems to be common. Seems like everyone who runs these departments is rather large. Well, Captain Rune Wolf is a human barbarian, and he is towering over even Lomang. He is gigantic. He has ruffled hair. He's sort of in a disarray. And it looks like someone took a barbarian out of the woods and threw a cloak on him and some weapons. He's like a disheveled cop, if there's such a thing. Yeah, that's weird looking. That's a weird image. You walk into his office. Diffused afternoon light pours in through the stained glass windows of the serene hallway in the Stone Shield house. The Great Cloak's leader, Captain Runewolf, sighs as he runs a hand through his graying hair and gazes into the rippled glass depicting the ascended goddess Iomede. Honestly, I'd like nothing more than to chew you out for stepping outside your jurisdiction. I should write you up and send you back to Lavarius with your tails between your legs and see you mopping floors for the rest of your careers. He scowls and turns his cloak billowing behind him. He looks out the window. But these are special times we're living in, and I do, in fact, need your help. He swings back around, his cloak billowing out. He looks at you all in the eye, dead serious. If there's anything I can't abide in my quarter, it's a murderer. 
And the only thing I hate more than a murderer is someone who kills in the name of their god. So yes, as soon as I caught wind of the rumors, I sent detectives to investigate. But it's been several days since my team of Grey Cloaks descended into the catacombs to find the so-called Skinner. Some kind of priest of Norgaber's skin-saw man aspect. Corporal Quindon is a capable lawkeeper, someone I trust with my own life, and the great cloaks she took with her are top-notch. But I fear the worst has come to pass. I will grant you the permission you need to go into the catacombs, but only under two conditions. First, I ask that you discover the fate of my great cloaks. If they survive, then bring them back to me in one piece. My second condition is this. And he looks at you all dead serious. The stone cold face. Destroy the skin saw cult. Bring the Skinner to justice and show no mercy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, well, all right. We so will do it non-lethally. <laughs> no. uh, to terminate with extreme prejudice? Kill them all. <laughs> what is, wait, what? Wait, we have that. Uh, I need that uh, written confirmation of that order. Yeah, I know. I know that. That is, that's, this is a very silly captain. He starts out by scolding us and telling us he ought to throw us out on our uh, ears. And then he's asking for help. Does this, is he like, well, that's really weird that he Yeah, I, I am no fan of this Norgorber cult. That's for sure. Their 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 whole religion is based on murder and worse and worse things than that. So we can comply. I just want to make sure that it's all that the all, that it's legal. I mean, we, we'll we'll try and bring back a prisoner of the leader. Is that what you want, or not even that? Dead or alive? He looks at you and sort of has a smirk on his face. He says, "I'll put it to you this way." You can try to bring them in alive, but if they put up some resistance, I won't be crying if they're dead. <laughs> wow. All right. Mm, wow. Dougie is not... He, he's, he hears this guy, and he's not going to contradict him because he is a superior, but he's going to let justice take its course. They're, 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 he's going to use non-lethal damage uh, throughout the, uh, the the campaign. He's, he's, sticking, he's sticking to his... Um, original rules of engagement he's well, not we'll going have to, to kill what people we, what we have to run into I that's mean. that's crazy he's not just going to turn on a dime because of this guy who dresses like a uh i don't know a, a, a rabid uh druid he's a gray cloak yeah you need well to have respect for that uh yeah I, i'm not going to change my freaking morals here for this guy that i just met i don't know i don't know anything about this guy so yeah, you probably don't know that much. Obviously, you know what Basil said, and they don't like religious cults, and they have a much firmer way to eradicate them than other districts. You're starting to notice, like, every district is very different. Like, the Edge Watch is very important about law and order and keeping everyone alive because they're in charge of a party, basically. Right. <laughs> and... And Edgewatch remains Edgewatch, is, yeah. is, is Dougie is saying. He's, he's not going to just switch over. But over here, yeah, they don't put up with them shenanigans. They, uh, 
They are judge, jury, and executioner. Well, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that they have a legal writ saying that this is legally allowed. That yes, the, that Basil they... Basil knows this. It's actually you can a keep anything you I was find. Say I have legal lore or whatever. Yeah, so. you know this. Like you actually can keep anything you find. That's the first thing. And second of all, as long as you know they're a little bit more trusting here and. You've proven yourselves, and he's assuming everyone there is guilty and evil, but you will have to use your judgment. I mean... Yeah, it sounds like they've been uh, charged in absentia, uh, and they're guilty uh, of all sorts of horrendous crimes, and the punishment is death. And uh, we are going to mete out that justice. I mean, I hate to cheat the hangman, but if that is the case, so be it. Uh, I will comply. In addition... You have access to the Grey Cloak's armory on the condition that you find and retrieve the missing patrol, dead or alive. And of course, you must keep the patrol's predicament a secret. You can uh, buy up to 50 gold pieces worth of anything non-magical, including armor, weapons, adventuring equipment, potions, whatever you want. Also, if you come back and succeed, I will give each of you a plus one striking weapon of your choice. And also, when he pulls out some potions, he goes, These might help when you're sneaking through the catacombs. And he hands you four moderate mist form elixir potions. Okay, one each, I guess. Wow. A moderate mist form elixir potion is quite good. It will make you concealed and have a faint mist emanate around your skin for one minute. Huh. That's kind of cool basically does that give you immaterial like no like... it just makes it that there's a 20 percent mischance on you oh okay yes. all right oh really how much do those cost <laughs> um the lessers are 18 gold oh my the god moderates are 56 gold each well how, what's the difference well the lessers only last three rounds the moderate last one minute the greater last five minutes that's 180 so wait, gold what's the one they gave us the moderate mod- and, the, yeah, and they last one minute. minute how much is yeah. that how much do those cost 56 gold pieces. Nice. Oh, Lomag. Lomag's like, I'm saving up for some armor. Jeez. Oh, this form so elixir. Good. I don't know if I'm going to be saving up for much longer. Actually, I'm going to buy. Yeah, I'll buy three of the lesser ones. Oh, he's buying more. He's like, hello. I will. Well, here's the thing. You guys got 50 gold pieces to spend on, like, equipment that's just not magical. So... I will say that you can use that to buy the things you were talking about. Like, I know one person wanted a feather token boat. Uh, well, that's kind of magical. Hey, I bought it. So I think we all bought that. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think we bought. Magical. Yeah, we didn't buy anything non-magical. I don't think. Uh, well, no, potions you, you can buy. Potions. Potions. I'm gonna le- let you have. Because that's adventuring equipment. Actually, that's fine. Adventuring equipment is fine. Like you can buy a demon mask or the diplomat's badge. Or even like, um, oh, we could, we potions, could, things like that. We could do the disguise trick again, except this time, just to just to gain the initiative in battle. Like, like we could disguise ourselves as skinsaw cultists. We can wear mm. the Norgorber masks. Right. I like the idea. I, I definitely want to get some of those. Like the, like the, the, elab- the super elaborate disguise kit that gives you the bonus. How much like, are those disguises? That, that's, that's not magical. Uh, Seth, do you remember how much the uh, elaborate get? Um, disguises were no they're it's just a roll it's free 
It's no. the, the like the the kit. The kit. I thought the money. kit was money. Let's find out, shall yeah, we, we? Yeah, I think he still has the kit. There's no like there's no item you no, keep. No, no, like that. That's like because the, the, there was there was a normal kit and then the elaborate kit. I just remember that from last time. We didn't we didn't have the money for the elaborate kit. The elaborate kit was very pricey, I recall. So wait, how many lesser mist form elixirs you want, low man? Three. I do want three. All right. Elite disguise kit. Oh, it's actually it's only forty. It's forty gold. Sorry, points. was it fifty each or was it fifty for the party? Fifty each. I'm just gonna get three uh, of the uh, twelve gold potions of healing. Can never have too much healing. I think I'm gonna have a moderate healing actually. So uh, boring, elite but... disguise kit is four hundred silver pieces, which is what forty gold. Yes. So do you want to do that? Do you want to just like go in disguised as? Skinsaw cultists to see if that'll give us a bonus on the ship. Uh, uh, forty gold a lot for that. I don't uh, actually. But like that, yeah. So so what? But what do you what? But it's non magical, so we can get out of out of his. No, that that's, have... that was retcon. Like we can buy potions. So oh, okay. I, I just bought a bunch. All right, of potions. never mind. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a potion too. I think. So you're gonna buy one potion of healing, Mister John? Stan? Yes, I'm gonna get the uh, moderate. I think it's fifty gold, right? That's right. AKA free. Free! 3d8 plus 10, that means 13 healing whenever <laughs> I want it. You might get 14. Yeah, 13 or 14 healing. I know. At least it's plus 10. I, I, I just... Oh, God. Well, now, what did you want, Basil? I was going to go with three of the, what, the lessers, the 12 gold ones. Basil, you should get the big one. Do you have any big ones? Moderates. I do not have any big ones, but yeah. it's his choice. Well, yep, it is. That gives you 14 gold left. Gift certificate. Um, the turtle wax. You can buy another one. I, all right, I get a fourth then. Two gold left. Gift that certificate. I'm not going to use. I, or put it on a gift certificate. How much is a sunrod? In case we need one. Or actually, yeah, actually, that we probably need some lighting. Or so yeah, he goes on to explain. As you're like going through it, he's like, "So this uh, particular branch of the catacombs was once owned by a sect of priests of Aridin called the Fellowship of Prospectus. After Aridin's death, whatever that means, he gives it like air quotes. The priests abandoned the crypts. That was over a hundred years ago. You can't keep tabs of every corner of the catacombs. So law only knows what beasts and restless spirits." Might have taken up residence since down there. Oh, yeah. Don't expect any sunlight whatsoever. You're going to have to bring your own light. I mean, I have dark vision and low light vision, so. Oh, dear. I don't think Dougie has. Uh... <laughs> Might need to get some goggles of seeing or something. Or you walk around with a big old torch where everyone could see you. Yeah. Yeah, you sure you, you like you sure you don't want to redo all that and get yourself like a potion of whatever the vision potion seeing dark. Oh well, no, it's not gonna be a potion. We got a whole uh, adventure. It'll probably take a while. I mean, there's a dark vision elixir, but they cost nine. There's like a level eight one that costs ninety gold in less twenty four hours each. Yeah, but I have no idea how long this is gonna take. Uh, what 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 light source do you uh, does Basil and Gomez? Gomez probably doesn't need it. He's a goblin. Yeah, I don't so. need it. Like the, the, are you the, are, are you the only one that doesn't that can't see? No, in the it's going to be pitch black. So, someone needs you need to have dark vision, not low light. Right. So, so, so I have dark vision. 
Loman, you have dark vision? I do. Basil? I have low light, so uh, so you need dark vision. You sure you don't want to like you sure you don't want to spend the to spend the money on the on the dark vision and just That's what I was looking not... at. I'm looking at dark goggles. It's like we're literally holding a beacon. Announcing yeah. our presence. That's why I always, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm looking up some. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's 6,000 uh, gold pieces. It's a little too expensive. And and I'm not thinking like this is, I'm not thinking like a multi day trip here. Like, I'm thinking it's like, it's, it's what's Greg? It's like lightning fat, like like one run. It's like we, we do this in one run. I hope. And it's like like that, like those misform potions. Like, are they like, like they're tactical? Because they only last like ten. They last like ten minutes or something. One minute. One minute. They one last minute. a minute. Well, that's yeah. the big ones. The small ones I bought last three rounds only, but I like it. Oh, regardless. Okay, so that's beside the point. But uh, yeah, let, let's 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 not let's not hold a flashlight. Well, you tell me. What do you want to do? Well, I'm looking. I'm currently looking it up. I wasn't. Expecting yeah. Do they have to... a magic item like goggles? I don't think they do. They do, but it's it's six thousand gold. <laughs> no, well, no, it's one thousand gold. What's it called? Uh, goggles goggles of, of night. night. Greater goggles of night is one thousand two hundred fifty gold pieces. What's a lesser? <laughs> if there's, is there, is there's there goggles a lesser? of night, and that just gives you plus one to perception. Yeah. Okay. So. And well, you can use it once per day, and you gain dark vision for one hour. Jeez, they make dark vision hard to get. Yeah, this is kind of freaking hard to do off the fly. How much board. is that for one hour? 150 gold pieces. How does the one hour work in exploration mode? One per day. You do it once per day. So once that you know, is but, probably... like, but like when we're in exploration mode, we're kind of like, how do you keep I, track of time? I do. I mean, I keep track of time and it goes in increments of usually 10 minutes. You know what? I think that's actually a, a good way to go because honestly, after a few encounters, the jig is up and I, I just don't know if we're... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to getting that. Oh, the, the, those are lesser goggles of night? The, the goggles of night will last one hour, correct. And it also gives you plus one to perception involving sight, which is pretty Oh, good. that's great. That's, that's know, really uh, good. Does that help initiative? Yes. We still need light source, though, as a backup. Yeah, as a backup. Um, all right, so what, aren't there like sun rods for like one gold or something? Well, there's ever-burning torches, which is basically a flashlight. They don't give off heat, so you can just keep it in your pants pocket. I mean, it's up to you. All right, Dougie is going to get... Uh, well, I guess um, this is Dougie, and uh, i got to find out what Basil's going to do. Basil, what do you think your uh, character's going to do? Sorry, oh, that's 110 at, uh... gold pieces. Maybe that's Pathfinder 1. Hold on. Level 2... 15. Okay, that's right. Mm, that's no, because dark vision... Oh, yeah, base dark vision is a second level a, spell. Uh... I was going to see how much either scrolls or a wand might cost. The fifth level one is good all day, but that would be jillions of dollars. Okay, so Dougie's going to get the ever-burning torch for 15 gold, and he's going to get the dark vision goggles that'll give him one hour... Unless there's objections to that, uh, that costs 150 gold. Yeah, it? sure. I, I, but there's no, there's no alternative. There's none at all. I mean, that that's as, and I and, and like, I'm not going to bank 90 gold on the hope that we can do this in one day because yeah, that's even though that's par for the course. 
and and I do believe that that's a big risk. These goggles cost me 150 bucks, so or well, but John, bucks, I so. can get dark vision scrolls at I want to say 12 gold each. Yeah, that that's like, that's the way to do it. That also give you an hour, so I, we but we could pull our money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We pull our money and get eight of those. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. There well, you go. That's the yeah, answer. What's yeah? Eight is quite a bit. I mean, yeah, they don't yeah, go bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> they true. don't go bad. Yeah, they. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pull our money. Let's get eight of them. And also, and I'm going to take an ever burning torch. See, the problem is, is I'm now dealt. This is just exactly bad for me because I'm I'm uh, I dual wielding. Yeah, you so. can keep that in your belt though or something. Or your bandolier, right? It has held in hand. Held in hand. To, it does true. hold in hand. It does hold in hand. So you you, Dougie, need someone else to either hold the torch <laughs> or you need something like this. I mean, that's just the way it is. I am buying a uh, ever-burning torch as well. Yeah, I'm getting one anyway. Like, or you I hope somebody has a free hand. light, and you have it cast on your belt buckle or something, you know, or your weapon. I mean, that's how everyone does it. Like, yeah. you either have a scroll of light that's cast on people, or you get dark vision, or you hold. Oh, the that's a, is that's Those a level three... that's a level one scroll, right? Yes, that is. But you can't cast it. But Basil can. Basil. That okay, is let's... actually, I think, um, so is it a can... Gomez. Is it a cantrip? It's not well, a the, cantrip. The way that it's the... a level. No, I don't know what. Maybe it's a cantrip. I don't know. The way that I see this playing out, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but but the way that I see this playing out is go in initially with the hour-long, whatever the duration is, scroll dark vision. Start with that. When, after first engagement, when we do all of our first aid that takes like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, that fades, pull out the ever-burning torch. When we're all healed up and ready to go go for the next bit, torch goes away another scroll gets burned and then when we run out of scrolls then you have it like somebody in the party not even necessarily you because it has an area of effect right it's not just personal to you it just has it and then first action in the combat you drop it and then uh, like i have it and i drop it and i start casting spells you know it's like it's it's burning on the ground it's still illuminating the room like a torch does right. Yeah, I can never carry it though. I'm, I'm dual wheel. So you don't carry it. So yeah. you don't carry it. So I'll be torch boy. Well, a scroll of light is four gold pieces. I so have, or light is a first level. How long I guess last, light though? is a first level spell now. All day. Wait, no, light is light is a cantrip. It's listed at. It's weird because it's listed as cantrip one, but it's light's listed as a cantrip. There you go. Yeah. So I'll slot. I'll slot. We're not light. first level anymore. If Gomez casts it, it's That's actually one of my two well, spells. That's if you cast cantrips. it, Basil, it's a twenty foot radius. If if Gomez casts it, heightened, it's a sixty foot radius, and then no. sixty feet. But so, the, so but can I cast it like off a scroll or something? No, it's divine, arcane, cold, primal. I meant to use on Yeah, I am a sorcerer. I have. I do not have that as one of my spells. Then you <laughs> are out of luck. You're out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not me. That's yeah. not me. I do a lot of things. I don't do that. Okay, so. I guess instead of unfortunately, I'll go. give up shield. Okay. Pro- but, or no, I'll give up uh, ray of frost. So I'll, I'll slot shield and light as my two cantrips. And then I'm willing to just spend all of my. I'm willing to spend just buy four scrolls of dark vision for times where we need to put our lights out and go and go in dark mode. So I have okay. one potion of moderate healing for Dougie, four potions of lesser healing for Basil, eight dark vision scrolls for the party, or that's just twenty four gold and. 
and Gomez has not yet used his 50 free gold, but you can if you want. I'm kicking in for all this stuff. Dark Vision's a level two spell. So you guys, you guys haven't. If we have another fifty gold, because of my, I have I have an unspent fifty gold, then we have another fifty gold. You gotta get some more stuff, guys. Yeah, just go uh, apply my fifty gold to the yeah. dark visions. And actually, please. I was thinking of like giving back my healing potions and just doing the dark visions. Oh, you're right. It's twelve gold each. I messed up. So okay. So if we have eight, that's um, ninety six gold. Perfect. We have hundred. So in that case, I'm not gonna buy an ever burning torch because you don't need. Oh, and I'll buy one sun rod just in case something goes wrong with the spells and I need an actual sun light source. It's only three gold. This is the last two of the free gold plus one of my gold for a sun rod. What is that under? Is that gear or no? It's gear. Yeah, I cannot locate it. What sun rod? I think it's just gear. It's just generic adventuring gear. Or wait, I'm sorry. It's actually an alchem. It's an alchemical tool. I'm sorry. So it's alchemical items, alchemical tool. Basil, you didn't want your lesser healings, is that it? I was going to give back my lesser healings. Because I still have like two or three left anyways. Oh, sun rods are awesome, yeah. Jeez. And it's small enough you can just put it in your pocket. It's 40 feet. So as light sources go, a sun rod's actually pretty good. Is it consumable? I'll buy, yeah, I'll buy two sun, six hours. I'll buy, I'm going to buy two Yeah, but it's got like myself. a duration of like eight hours. Those are the kind of things that are good, like six crack hours, and then throw it out a pit or something. That's a good idea. But we're, we're seventh level and we're just now exploring all this first know, level bullshit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I bought a sunrod for something else we were doing, but I don't remember what. Well, we're city dwellers, you know. We're not really. We don't. We yeah, don't really yeah, have yeah. A, That's true. To... No, we're not dungeon delving a whole yeah. lot, or at least when we are, it's unplanned. Although, if you have light on a cantrip, you can just cast it on a coin and just. Throw yeah, at that this point, I could cast down. light on whatever. Yeah. Although, but if he goes down, yes, he go, if he goes down, then we go. They are in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm the only one who can use the scrolls. I don't know. I, I think it stays. I think it stays if you go down. And I'm you the only one who can cast it. the dark vision. It just That's goes true. out after six hours or whatever. Right. Uh, sure. I think we're locked and loaded. Well, because yeah, there's a, there's two different light spells. One of them is brighter light, but you have to sustain it. And it's uh, what is it? Dancing lights or whatever. Dancing lights has more powerful light, but you have to actually sustain it. Because it's like three globes of light that you can put wherever you can move them around and put them wherever. Is that you want something that brighter. we have as a uh, spell in our repertoire? Dancing light. Yeah, that actually might be useful. That's a level. That's a level one. That might be useful in this situation, drawing people away. All right, is everyone ready? Yeah, we're ready. ready. I think so. Yeah. So you huddle up. You look at your inventory. You realize, hey, only two of us can see in the dark. Wouldn't it be nice if all of us can see in the dark and? We don't have this giant light beacon saying, hey, monsters, food over here. And you're like, you know, reverse fishing where you're the bait. So you bought or got with your 200 gold pieces total, got eight dark vision scrolls. You got three sun rods for emergencies. You got a potion of moderate healing for Dougie. You got some lesser mist form elixirs for Lomang because... He always likes to be misty, and I think that's about 200 gold pieces, so you are set and ready to go. Do you have any questions for Rune Wolf? So, just how many Grey Cloaks are we looking for? Yeah, he said he lost some guys, but he didn't say how many guys we're looking for. Did he get any intel at all from his uh, first, I guess, uh, mission? They were never heard from again. They were never heard from again. Corporal Quinden, you're looking for her, and she brought three down with her. 
So you're looking for four members of the Grey Cloaks. Okay. It's All been right. a couple of days. Mm. Do you want them back alive? Or of course. Dead of course I want my people <laughs> back joking. alive. But if they're dead, bring back their bodies. And and we get we get sufficient physical descriptions for us to be able to recognize them by sight. Okay. Yes. Hopefully they're going to be, be wearing, wearing gray, gray clothes. They have, I assume they have like <laughs> a badge or a dog tag yes. or something yes. that we wouldn't have to physically yes. bring back. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. I know. Yep. I know. I know you're very attached to your gray cloaks, but uh, I expect to find skinless bodies, like flayed. Like no never mind. Clo- they don't have their clothes. The fire, so we'll like be lucky stuff. if we find them without with their skins. Skin. <laughs> That's right. Oh, ye of little faith, goblin. My gray cloaks are made of tougher stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if you come in and most of the place has been eradicated. They've been just sitting there killing everyone. That the place is so big, it's been taking them a whole week. And they're just having too much fun. I wouldn't be surprised if you come in and the job's done for you. So don't be so cocky. Well, I hope you're right. All right, let's head out. Let's go for it. I'm ready. Do we have food? I'm ready. <laughs> Mount up. We have food. We forgot about food. Ah, uh, you got some rations here, and he throws you some right. rations. <laughs> Other things. And Sharky, of course, like, gave you a packed lunch, you know, so. Nope, I don't eat that. And no. uh, today was tentacle surprise. Mm. No, nope. Ooh, not for delicious. Me. Seafood. I'm vegetarian. I'm I the only orc vegetarian in all of Galarin. Yeah, uh, he sees tentacle surprise, and Dougie says, ooh, seafood, I hope. <laughs> Okay, first question. When are you going to go into the catacombs? At what time of the day or night? We should go at the stroke of midnight. Oh, that's a good idea. For, for all the extra, for all the extra. Well, give, me a, give, me a, give me a time. Midnight. Yeah, midnight sounds good. That wow. sounds like a cool time. Okay, did not expect that, but you got it. I, honestly, we should go, in, in all seriousness, we should go immediately. You know, like as soon as we're ready, we go because because time because TikTok like right, like true. like right now oh, they're probably true, yeah. being, they're probably being tortured right now. Like speak. whatever we time it is now, we yeah go. we go it's there early afternoon. So okay, go right uh, now. so we go we go. we go right now. Go go go. Okay. Yeah, let's just go. Here we go. Do 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 do. So I just wanted to mention something. Here's the fun part. Take a look at the map and where you are. And take a look at how big this map is. Just scroll oh, wow. up. It was like it was like I was waiting for the map to come up because it was just all black. It was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I gotta scroll down. I I still have to scroll down. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm not done scrolling down. Yeah, we're way ahead of you. I already found Dougie. I was like, wow, this is a big map. That's good. You walk in, you find the catacombs and the entrance. Now again, these catacombs are enormous. So you walk through and most of the catacombs have wide flagstone hallways carved out of the earth with incredible precision. Obviously, they've been in disrepair. There's dust, as they have not been really gone through very much in the last couple of years. And, well, let's see, what else? They're all about 10 feet tall. You do see cast iron sconces along all the walls, but those burned out a long, long time ago. You do see, you know, a few burnt out torches in some of the sconces. And, well, it is dark, but 
strangely, there's a little bit of light. So it looks like the catacombs are somewhat connected to the upper area. But you're probably a good 60 feet under the city. But there's a trickle of light that you can see. However, with that being said, not enough light for Mr. Basil or Mr. Dougie. So what do you do? Uh, This is probably the time when Dougie starts complaining about dark vision. I want dark vision. Do we want to use dark vision already? Yeah, that's the whole idea. (laughs) (laughs) Then let's let's start with two scrolls of dark vision for me and Dougie. All right. Okay. I'm going to move up to the front. Wait, hold on. Let me give it to you. Oh, wow. That's funny. (laughs) It is not black anymore. It's not much better, though. (laughs) It's 60 feet, though. That's pretty good. That's respectable. That is better than a torch, even. Yeah, description. 60 feet, even in total darkness. Uh, Dark vision is black and white, but... okay. Okay. Ahead of you is a very long hallway. You continue to walk down this hallway, walking, 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 until in front of you, you see a statue. What do you do? I take out my crossbow and load it. I I scan the room looking for hidden opponents. Well, you're in a hallway right now. Scan past the statue and look at everywhere except the statue for hidden opponents. You look up into the statue, and it looks like the hallway forks to the north and to the east. The statue is in the middle of a three-way intersection. You are coming from the southwest. I move there. You move up about 15 feet. You're getting closer to the statue. I'm going to draw my sword cane, since we've had experience with statues coming to life before. Let, let me check out this statue. Go uh, ahead, check it out. Yeah, I'm going to check this up? thing for... I'm checking for traps. That, whatever, I forget the... Uh, is it scouting? For uh, Yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. What you're doing. Perception. You are very gently, very cautiously going up and up the hallway. You get up to the statue, Dougie. Wait, before he does anything else, I get uh, I get Lomang scroll of third level heal and I get a first level heal in my two hands. Nice. Ready to go. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, and like weapons that. of course. Uh, you have the main gosh, uh, wash and the um, rapier. You got it. You come to the three-way intersection. The statue of a skeleton humanoid figure stands sentinel at the center of this three-way intersection. Its breastplate, robes, and delicate veil are sculpted in incredible detail, and three thin chains attached to brass holy symbols of Aradin hang around the statue's neck. The hall to the east ends at a broad bronze doors embossed with the eye of Aradin. The scantiest traces of light stretch faintly down the hallway to the north, and the path to the southwest leads back to the surface. Okay, can I get a description of how did we get here? Is this, are we like 20 feet into the catacombs, or did we go no. through like... No, so they're, all the catacombs are guarded by the Grey Cloaks, and you got a writ. You went to the Grey Cloaks, they let you in. So, like, no one can go into the catacombs. They're all heavily guarded, the few entrances to them. The catacombs are gargantuan. They actually span throughout most of the city. But most of the entrances 
are in this district. You walked probably a good 20 minutes down several hallways, not, you know, having any issues or problems. And now you know that this is the hideout and area of where they are supposed to be, the Skinsaw Cult. So, like, how far are we from the nearest guard that we passed? Like, an hour away or 10 minutes away? Like, 20 minutes, I'd say. Oh, 20 minutes, okay. Yeah. So, to the north, you are seeing light coming. And to the east, you see two very large double doors with the Eye of Aridin emblazed on the doors. I'm going to... Dougie's going to say, hey, guys, uh, there's light to the north, but could you guys detect magic? This is a very, very nice sculpture up close and I think we might be in a magic situation. Uh, if, it, if it's not a trap, basically, is it a trap? If it's not a trap, let's move on. All right, well, so there's no detect magic? To, to, to detect if it's a trap. Dougie so far doesn't see any trap. I walked around like the statue, yeah, and you're fine. You're fine. everything's fine. I'm going ins- mm-hmm. to inspect these doors for traps. Okay. Using your master perception, you look at the doors, and... They look fine. You do notice that a lot of the dust in this hallway has been disturbed, so it looks like people have been coming and going through this hallway and opening and closing these doors quite a bit. I'm going to listen to the doors. You listen to the doors. It's actually a little tough because it sounds like to the north of you is a very large cavern or some sort that's causing echoes to bounce throughout these caverns and catacombs plus the door is pure bronze so you don't really hear anything other than just the sounds of dripping water uh behind the doors just throughout you you can't really hear anything through the door right. too thick uh, uh, i'm gonna wait for everybody to come you guys want to open th- through these doors i think we should go through the doors first okay Did you mess with with the statue a little bit, right? But not really. Uh, I walked around the statue. Uh, I I inspected it. Aroden is this god that is dead. Correct. It died in the dark times or something, right? hundred years ago, the god of humanity. The Radiant Festival was canceled because of his death. That's why you haven't had it for 201 years. Wow. Because everyone was too upset to have it. He was originally a uh, good god? Yes. He was the god who made, like, everything. He is the god, and he is believed dead. He's the one who actually made the city that you're in, the star stone that actually makes people in the gods. He uh, brought it from the depths, or it actually came in Starfall. There's about a million pages of documentation on Aroden. Because he's dead, he doesn't answer prayers anymore. So he went from one of the most popular and powerful and beloved gods in the world to now a dead god. And I believe Iomede took over because Iomede was That's his right. disciple. Yep. And she then she did Starstone and became a god. Yeah, right. So um, there's a lot of lore on this, but I'm just giving you the basics is that that's why this is going to disrepair because a lot of temples and so forth, they stop believing in him because, you know, he's Because you don't get any spells. Yeah, you don't get anything. <laughs> he's a dead god, so you don't get anything. You can pray to him all you want, but you ain't going to get any spells, so. All gone. All right, so Dougie's going to open the doors. All right, I'm ready. Crossbow, let's go. 
Oh, nice. Wow. You open the doors. In front of you is an enormous hallway. It's about 100 feet to the east. Probably a good 50, 60 feet wide. Beautiful. Beautiful. This spacious stone hall measures well over 100 feet long. Its dusty marble floor tiles punctuated at regular intervals by floor-to-ceiling columns that stretch 30 feet high and curve near the top to form an impressive decorative arches. Slivers of light seep in through narrow gaps in the ceiling and dimly illuminate the hall. At the chamber's western end are two enormous bronze-plated doors, which you just opened, and they are flanked by two stone statues depicting holy warriors wearing distinctive cylindrical helms. On the hall's eastern wall, a massive symbol of the Eye of Arodin looms above a statue depicting a different high priest, this one cast in bronze atop a wide stone dais. Inset into the hall's floors are dozens of bronze-plated rectangular burial plates measuring roughly three feet by six feet. Four hallways, each along the northern wall, lead out of the chamber, and a door stands in the northeast corner. The distinctive clatter of horseshoes on flagstones echoes from these northern halls. Ooh, interesting. All right. Yeah. Oh, the statues are there. Okay. I'm going to look up. How high is the ceiling? The 30 feet high. Oh, that's not so high at all. That's actually very low. Yes, and you do see slivers of dim light somehow coming through the ceiling. Now, you believe you're about 60 feet underground, so, you know, approximately 30 feet of right. stone yeah. and then light coming through here. Light wells or something like that. Okay, right. so Dougie's going to quick jump. Let's, let's jump 20 feet. You jump into the room. Jump around. <laughs> Roll for combat. Wow, that didn't take long. Stop. You violated the law. <laughs> yeah, they do you these. can't see them. Oh. I can't see them. I, I right. got to say it. I got to say it, and then I got to <laughs> see what I can see. You see nothing. So this is what happens. As soon as Dougie jumps in. Oh, and I to... lose initiative, of course. <laughs> I lose well... initiative to two statues. No, to one statue, actually. You are over there because you get a plus two. So the second you jump in, the statues animate to life and are going after Dougie as to why you're not sure. These statues are 15 feet tall. They are huge. And the statue whips out its huge long sword <laughs> you can only imagine uh how what that means anyhow so the first thing that happens is the statue walks up to dougie <laughs> and the next thing it does is it attacks you with its long sword does a 35 hit your 27 ah <sighs> yeah you take 14 points of damage not so bad and then it does this thing 
where the statue suddenly turns, causing its robes, which flow like fabric, despite being hard as stone, trying to hit Dougie in the face. Give me a reflex save, Mr. Oh, Dougie. I can give you a reflex save. I can give you a reflex you, save. You think. You think. Let's see. Uh, 24. 24. I, roll eight. I roll an 8. You God. fail. So you get hit squarely in the face by these flowing robes, which look as soft as silk, but are actually as hard as concrete. Oh. Oof. And you take... Oh, no! Is that max damage? Of course. You take 18 points of damage from 2d6 plus 6. Basil, you're up. You can barely see the statue oh, from the north dead already. that came and tried to attack you. Uh, and what, was, what was the deal with the chains back on the statue? Hmm? Oh, that's just the statue in the front. That was the... Um, yeah, yeah just... this might be a red herring, guys. Like, like we're we're after Skinsaw cultists. If this is just generic statue guardian of a room, unrelated to Skinsaw cultists, this might be uh, this might be a uh... unless they're using it as like a right. A so we should check that. We should do. No, some I was wondering if these were like amulet, like if the chains were like amulets that you could wear to like not be protected from the statues or something. I guess we didn't really look closely at them. No, you didn't. So let me tell you. Yes, there's three thin chains attached to a brass holy symbols of Aradin hung around the statue's neck. So, oh, yeah. see? Like, Aradin, Aradin is not... I'm going to run back to the statue and get those amulets. Get those holy symbols. First action is to go back. Second action, we grab the what I assume. Are uh, like I'll say you you can just quickly grab all three because they're all right next to each other. And so then third three. action, it will be to come back up the hallway as much as thirty feet can carry me. And a free action to kind of say, guys, maybe we should put these on. Dougie's up. All right, now that I have an action, yes, I was going to do this anyway. I'm going to. Well, I can wall jump at least out of there. I'm going to. I guess take a double jump there. I think I can jump here and then there and then take an amulet for my third action. So for those of you who are listening in the studio audience, there and there means he's jumping backwards into the hall with Basil and Loma. Right. So. I mean, I have assurance on my athletics so I can get out of dodge quickly. Okay. So the other statue, nothing happens. Can I get... Yeah, you did, you did it. You're done. You moved, right. and then you got the amulet. All right. Lomang, you're up. All right, I'll, I'll grab an amulet also as an action, I guess. Put it on, and okay. I'm gonna and I'm gonna back off five feet, and I'm done. Gomez, you're up. Uh, I delay. Okay, the statue goes back into the corner, and he goes back into his stance. All right, that's, that's all right. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'll test the theory. I'll tell, I'll see if these amulets work. I'll, tell, I'll take the, uh, the brunt. What are you talking about? Of course they work. Here, Dougie goes here with the amulet. You sure you don't no, want to no, no, look no, no, at the no. north passageway first before you invoke? Dougie walks we in. We already know that he, the, these amulets Dougie walks work. in they, 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 and they, he's disengaged, walking around with his amulet, and nothing happens. Yeah, that's right. Very good. I did not hear about the descriptions of the amulets at all. I apologize. I, I didn't. Uh, 
No, they were. On I the heard stuff chains, there. but I didn't kind of put it together. And they were wearable items at first, but I was thinking. Yeah, about it, it, it sounded like, like it was. A, it was. It sounded like it was a description of the statue itself, like the like the like it was part of the statue, not like that it was loose chains hanging from the statue. So uh, there's only three, though, right? Well, but we could have three people go through, then one person come back with a second amulet or something. All right. I mean, yeah. I- I'm game for going north. I mean, can we do a medicine uh, check on Dougie first? Yeah. Burn oh, 10. 10 minutes of our dark vision. Sure. That's, that's, that's the way it's going to work. That's what happens. So, okay. Oh, uh, did I not mention that I, I am a beacon of vitality? But can you, is that like a once per day thing? I do it in the morning. I do it as soon as I wake yeah, up but, in the morning. But it's, it is only usable four times and then it's done. Oh, it's right, four right. times? Oh, yeah. Let's well, do that. Well, then. it's not, it, it degrades. It degrades. The, the first person gets, here, I'll put it out again. Diminishing return? Diminishing returns. Oh. The first person gets 4d10 hit points. The second person gets 48. The third gets 46. And the last one gets 44. I would super strongly recommend you use that in combat and not right. No, I just, I, I'm <laughs> just, I, I just, I just want to, I just, I just want it for the record that that's up. I, I don't yeah. remember confer, like clarifying that. So I wanted to clarify that. You reminded yep. me. By Good enough. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a little healing oh, Dougie, icon on Dougie you. heard that. Absolutely. <laughs> With a little four to show that you have four rounds left. Or you have four charges left. Yeah, and if t- if time is of the essence, maybe maybe you want to just burn a crappy scroll and go. I don't know. You guys tell me. So I lost thirty eight <laughs> hit points. There's no reason to to go into combat with 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 taking any damage. It's it's. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I, I don't know how the time thing thing works. You know, like it like like the the narrative is. They may be alive. They may be dead. Time is of the essence. That's Don't the care. Narrative. Don't but, care. But but the but these things never work out that way. Like so yeah. so usually usually the way they play out is you can spend an hour and they'll still be alive or dead, regardless. All right. Well, well I don't know. you are in the town of Absalom. You run out of scrolls. You can buy more. I mean, seriously, you guys have hundreds of gold pieces. Yeah. And as for time of the essence, they went missing days ago. So, uh, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah. so it doesn't they're, matter they're prisoners or they're dead right, already. Another ten, so. another ten minutes won't make a difference. Right. Yes. So take your ten minute heal, and I'll take point. Oh, it's got to be more than ten minutes. Believe me, it's it's thirty eight hit points. It's it's a lot. Well, of he has assurance, points. so he automatically gives you the basil automatically. Well, but I you. almost think I might have go or no, because the crit would only be, the crit on the fifteen would be forty eight, but no plus ten. So oh, yeah. go with the plus be about ten. The same. Yeah, let's. Yeah, the... or I could go do the DC twenty and hope to get a crit on it. Hey man, it's your heal. You decide. Yeah, chop, chop. it's up to you to I'm gonna do the DC twenty, but I'm gonna do a regular roll to try to get a crit. Sounds good. Okay. Twenty two barely makes it, but oh man, he does it. <laughs> so, you, so that means you get two D eight plus ten. All right, I guess so. Twelve. Do you want to roll that, or do you want me to? I, That's I, my heal, so I guess I I'll roll it. I hate rolling for healing. 23? Look at that. Wow. That's, That's almost max. Great. Another 10 minutes goes by, and I will do a medicine check on Dougie. You could have done it yourself. Oh, we can do it, simult- oh, we can do yeah. it simultaneously? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of oh, course. Okay. Yeah, uh, I will. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? Just take ten minutes. You can all do it. I mean, oh, I didn't know you could do the same person yeah, twice. Of course I thought there was. All but, right. Yeah. Well, it's, actually, it's the circle because because it's a. Uh, actually, maybe you can't. But yeah. Hold on. 
Yeah, we've never done medicine checks on the same time. Even I'm pretty nice. Now. We've done them on different people at the same time. We've never done yeah. two people doing medicine on the same person at the same time. And it is a question of how many people can legitimately get in and heal the same person at the same time. Well, we have a mash unit with us. Oh, uh, they're temporary immune, so you're right. Yeah. It's ten minutes per person. Okay, so so it's right. better for Basil to just Basil do should place. just do the uh, <laughs> the auto. You should do the yeah, auto because I'm now auto. done uh, fifteen. So it is. Only. It's a uh, one every ten minutes. It's been a while. I don't know. Yeah, this time for a second one, I will do the assurance roll and just do two d eight plus ten. Yeah. Okay, and in the future, let's just go a little faster with this because I can just say. You do this, you do this, 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by. So, because I don't want to spend two hours on heal rolls. All right, 17, you probably healed it's up. good enough now. to get him to full. 15 is all I needed. All right, there you go. So, what do you do? Hallway and... I guess let's go north. Okay, north you go. Low man, slowly. Oh. <laughs> walks up the hallway. The hallway bends after about 15, 20 feet to the southwest. He sees dim light and hears echoes. Large, creepy I hear echoes. echoes. I hear echoes. What's that? Lomang What's... walks in. Windows are carved out of the relatively thin stone walls of the simple gallery. Through the windows, one can see into the vast chasm that separates the ascendant court from the lonely pillar of earth on top which looms the star-stone citadel itself. Oh, really? The only exit is finished stone hallway to the southeast. Wait, so wait, this is the star-stone citadel? This is, you know, around the star-stone citadel, there is a pit that is bottomless or so. Ooh. This is that pit. So Could I get to the star-stone challenge and become a god? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, like break the window and somehow figure out a way to go across this chasm and get to the star stone. That's one of the many things. It's very far, far away. It's far away. So there is dim light coming <laughs> yeah, out. Far dear, P dear Paizo, I hate, I regret to inform you. One of our characters became a God. Please, <laughs> please adjust your books accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Low bang. Um, so, <laughs> you 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 look at the chasm. The floor is shrouded in a thick layer of bright blue fog, which in itself is kind of disturbing. You realize that, uh, yeah, you don't want to go. That's there, kind of, that's that's sure death, and you'll probably fall for the rest of your life. So that's not water to the northeast of us. That's an uh, a pit. Oh yeah, that's a pit. That's not that, water. That is a pit? Okay. That is a pit. Okay. What about to the northeast? It just ends. Keep going. Yeah, look around. Wow. Yeah, it just ends. Just like, uh, looks oh, like this was a hey guys, viewing there's a, hall. There's a great view over here, guys. Oh, yeah, there's a good view where Dougie is. There is a sheer drop. There's actually nothing protecting you and the bottomless pit. Ooh, this is a perfect. Hey, Gomez, you want to check out the? You want to try out your fly spell? See what happens. I can do my wall jump. I could jump from here and jump over here. Oh, you're gonna try to jump across the pit onto the other side? <laughs> no. <laughs> See what happens. But yeah, this is actually leads to the Star Stone if you kept going to the northwest. Okay, so I only have sixty foot feet or sixty foot vision, so I actually let's. 
Is 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 there a light? There's, there's light. Yeah, there's light actually. That's why you can see so oh. much. There's actually light because this connects up to the surface. What is this then? It just ends to the. Oh, what's that? Oh, I have a line of sight to that. Doggy sees all the way, approximately a hundred feet to the northeast. He sees a narrow arch. There is a very small bridge, and it appears to be about 20 feet below where you are. So this bridge here is 20 feet down from where you currently are standing. All right, that's a bridge of doom, guys. All right, so... Bridge going from the north to the south. Search for secret doors. So wait, to the west here, though, it just ends? It just ends, yeah. Okay, because it looks like it keeps going. It just just ends. Okay. No secret doors. This is all stonework. Yeah. Looks like a dead end. Looks like you gotta go to the east. Unless you want to try to jump the chasm. Evil Knievel it. Gosh, this is potentially wall jumpable. I look at the statue again and try and find the fourth amulet that fell on the ground. There is no fourth amulet, but Basil knows you could just go and buy one of these things. They're not exactly that hard to get. I mean, could we craft that? Uh, uh, Gomez, could you craft one with your random stuff that you got? Probably could. Did fourth level spell uh, to make an amulet? Um, eh. Wouldn't. No way. Do you have like other stuff though? Well, why, why don't we? Why don't we just? Why don't we just like two? Like one person wait. Three people go confirm that there's a way up. If necessary, one person go back with two amulets. Give me one, and we go. Sounds this is good. Faster. This is faster. And uh, problem is, if we go shopping, we burn basically burn through our first dark. Yeah. So I'm gonna tip- okay. Stop, Dougie. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Dougie, you're running five feet. way too fast. No, you didn't. You I'm moving like- at five feet increments, Steve. <laughs> okay. Okay. But let me know that because everyone's doing something. Okay. okay. You walk through. The Hall of the Dead. And you mm-hmm. go to the first entranceway, which leads to a long hallway, 15 feet wide. You see a doorway about 15, 20 feet to the east. And you hear the click, clop, clip, clop of horse hooves clomping around to the north. And it's getting louder and louder. What do you do? Oh, I'm running. I'm running. I'm scurrying quietly as I can back here. <laughs> okay, and I well, tell these guys what I hear. <laughs> well, we don't all have chains to get past this, so it's going to split the party if yep. if, if we encounter anything. So that's not, a, not if I turn into a bug and one of you put in my pocket. I can, uh, I can do I can do insect form. You make me a, a, a become a small creature. I don't then, suppose Aridin's in favor of majority him. rule. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to buy another amulet. Well, we'd have to leave the dungeon, and we, that amulet would cost us 24 gold no, through, through, through Dark Division. Kmart's, Kmart's open. Kmart's we're, we're, we're uh, no, we Dark Division right no, now. We should, we shouldn't go to Kmart. We should go. All right, so I tell you guys that we hear horses, and it's the Halls of the Dead. <laughs> I don't know why I know that, but I just know that it's the Halls of the Dead. It's not a good name. And I hear clopping of a horse. Now, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Oh, Mr. Peepers can take a break for a second. Yeah. I okay, mean, dog. Good. But yeah, some, some, okay. So one person's not, is going to have to deal with these statues. So you want to turn into a bug and not, and we don't, yeah, I can turn hopefully into a, they I, don't I, attack. I, I have a scroll of pest form. I could turn into a, a tiny, a, a tiny animal such as a rat or a praying mantis, <laughs> an insect, a cat, an insect, lizard, or a rat. 
and uh, somebody stick me in their pocket and we try to sneak past the guard. Can I make a suggestion that maybe, I mean, they might expect non-believers to visit their dead relatives or whatever, and maybe if you're escorted by a person with an amulet, you're okay? Do we want to run that? Do we want to take that chance? I'll burn the scrolls insurance. It's six one half dozen another, right? Yeah. Do we, I, right, so I, who I, wants to I, carry Gomez as a praying yeah, mantis? Yeah. I, I turn. I tur- What should I turn into? I should turn into something interesting. What should I turn um, into? A rat would be appropriate for the That's catacombs. Terrible. I, I think. I'm gonna. I'm going to turn into a praying mantis. I like it. You're squishable though. Uh, yeah. It's the same stats no matter what. Ten minutes. <laughs> you can. You can write around here. Here. You can write on. Uh, Oh, you can ride inside of um, Basil's feathers. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> All right, let's go. That, that, that does put the pest in pest form. Okay. You are walking in, Lomang and Dougie. What do you guys Zoom, think? Have those amulets out, showing them around. I guess amulets I'll have out. a third amulet then if, if yes. he's in pest form. Yeah, I'm putting away my crossbow. I'm actually going to pull out the uh, lesser mist form elixir and hold that, and I'm going to okay. go north. Okay, so far it looks like statues are ignoring you. Uh, to the north, you see, well, there's th- four ways to go. There's this hallway. Loman can he- clearly hear hoof prints. There's two more hallways. These are actually stairs going up into an area. I think we should, yeah. There's another hallway to the northeast, and then there's a door all the way to the th- northeast. Th- and plus, there's like... The statue of Aridin and all this stuff. This is a huge room. There's a lot going on here, so you tell me. I don't want to go down the big stat uh hallways because that statues can follow us. I would rather go through the shorter, uh narrower. Let's check this statue out. Okay. Maybe we'll find another amulet over here. Alright, that's true. Do I see anything north of me in the in that room? To the yeah, to the north of you, definitely. You see there are stairs going up about five feet, and that is the Cumbria is like where they keep urns for mm. like dead people. It's like the barrel chamber when you like put people in urns, and you see urns everywhere. So it looks like on the floor here, it's like Westminster Abbey, like people are buried in the floor, and these must have been like the really high ranking. Eridonian priests and such and then it looks like in the northern burial chamber that's where the lesser priests just get their ashes in pots and they are in the north area not quite as important in those as those buried in the ground but close enough so that's what you can see to the north so this this is a statue of a of Arodin or is it something else there's a massive symbol of the Eye of Aradin that looms above a statue depicting a different high priest. This one is cast in bronze. So this actually is not the high the priest. priest of Aradin. It is a high priest. You don't know who it is, though. Probably someone very important. Okay, but it's not like it's not like a Norgorber thing. No. Okay. No, no. This this place is. And there's no amulets. Nope. No. No amulets. Search for secret doors. Okay. There's a door right here. That's kind of interesting. No doors. You want to check that door? I, I kind of want to go through a small door so we can get uh, Gomez uh, back right. out of pest form. But yeah, I'm going to search for traps and listen and then go in. Okay. You see a small door leading to the northeast. You search 
and it appears to not be trapped. Looks like a door. I open. Go ahead, Loming. Go ahead, go ahead. Leads to a hallway going to the north. Well, actually goes to the east 10 feet, then goes to the north. Lomang walks in. He sees a long corridor to the east and west of the walls of this long, narrow chamber have been meticulously evacuated to create a dozen narrow burial shafts perpendicular to the chamber walls. The walls of each niche are inlaid with large brass plates. So it looks like this is a crypt, and this is where they buried 12 of their honored dead. Mm. This place reeks of the undead. Yes, I just... I go there. I say, I'm going to go to the other door. I'm y- listen, listen, do you want to go through the skeptical. catacombs? I'm th- yeah, All right. why not? We're here. Okay, so you walk up five feet. Where are you, Gomez? Who are you with? He's with uh, Basil. Okay, so stick with Basil. Stick with your pool, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is a little leery of this, but this looks awful. Why would we? Yeah, this this is this looks highly highly trappable. <laughs> so, is... so you go first. <laughs> no, I don't want to go. You don't go. That's the that's the point no, of you trap. You do go. You go everywhere. Yeah, I know. I will go first, but I mean, uh, and these are alcoves. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Well, all right. Yeah, there's twelve alcoves. Dougie walks right. up. In here. here, I'm looking for. God, this is Dougie insane. Walks Ten feet. He looks into the alcove, and Lomang also. Yes, this is this is where looks like where twelve clerics is... of Erodin were buried in the catacombs into this crypt. There looks like the bodies were placed in the niches in the walls. But you said there's plates over them, right? Yes, and in fact, this is where it gets really creepy. So inside of each of these, you can see the knights themselves, and they are standing at full attention. It looks like they were buried or put into there and preserved with a spell such as gentle repose or something, and they are standing at attention ready with their blades all 12 of them oh my god what do you do are they wearing any symbols of oh god yeah the god yeah yeah they they have Hmm. well it looks like that they were once polished with ornamental and artistic flourishes all along their armor and it looks like that they would be you know like really beautiful but over the years, and you also know that there was a really, really bad earthquake over here, which seems to have also messed up the temple a little. They are all not that great, the kind of standard quality. But each of them has chain mail, a steel shield, and a long sword. And it looks like they are, well, they are standing at attention ready. Do these plaques have any writing on them? Yeah, they're like. The names, names of, of the person cleric, and yeah. when they died and yeah. all that. Wow. Yeah. Do, yeah. do any of them have symbols on them that maybe we could give to Gomez? Yeah. You see um, one like up here to the northeast, about 15 right. feet up, that has. Here. 
I'm gonna Wait, hold des- on. Before you do that, you know, <laughs> I mean, again, like you're desecrating the dead. Like, yeah, you know, of course I am. Uh, and it's to keep the dead issue. attacking. From, it might stop the dead from attacking Gomez. Because it sounds like a lot of this is going to be dedicated to Yeah, but this, messing uh, with it can be... Well, Little Praying right. Mantis Gomez is like, can we just find the Norgerber people and stop messing around with the Aerodin people? Yeah, let's just keep going, I think. All right. I don't want to desecrate any any of these guys. Well, I don't know if it's a desecration. Well, stealing something is grave robbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're great. You're you're robbing the dead. Uh, then again, we may have no choice. <laughs> we may have no choice with the kill box. Well, we're in the kill box. Roll for combat. God, do I see that elite skeletal champion? I don't know what you see, Gomez. You're a man. You're a praying mantis, Dougie. Let's see. He can see. He's got eyes. He's got a lot of eyes. Yeah, I got, I got many. I have multifaceted. Okay, eyes. this is what happens. Basil sees six of the skeletons move, raising their swords, ready to attack the would-be grave robbers. Exactly what we didn't want to do. Basil, you're up. You, they're in the niches, so they all have cover. I mean, you see like their swords kind of swing up, so you know, uh-oh, that's not good. And they're all about to uh, rush you. So six of these undead skeletal champions are going to be messing you up. God, why did we go in this room? This is not where we wanted to go. Uh, this is a kill box. This is absolutely kill box in, like, as far as level design. This is where we die. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com.